a plane just hit the the tw- one of the towers. And so, like everybody, I'm thinking Piper Cub, you know, just like little plane. But from the 36th floor of Midtown Manhattan, we had a perfectly clear view of the Twin Towers. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. You'll hear authentic, entertaining stories with tips, lessons, and wisdom from champions to inspire, motivate, and educate you. You'll get the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to Champions Mojo. We have a great show for you today, which is going to give you motivation for movement. So what does that mean? Motivation for movement. And we're not talking about exercise. We're talking about movement. And as usual, I have with me my champion co-host, Maria Parker. Hi, Kelly. I'm really excited about today's show because I think we hear so much about exercise. Exercise, exercise. Everybody knows exercise is good for you. But there's different ways to think about exercise. And one of them is just to think about how we can continually move our bodies and how that's really, really good for us. So great show today. Hang on. Yes, I think it's really cool how we are going to talk about movement versus exercise because athletes are constantly moving and I'm not even sure as an athlete do you do you think about what you do as exercise or training I think about as training not really exercise it is exercise but occasionally if I'm between if I'm not getting ready for an event or something I will just know that I have to get out there and do something so I guess in that case it's probably the e-word the E word, exercise. So a lot of people don't like the word exercise, but we are going to talk about movement today. And as it relates to athletics um, and can be applied to one's everyday life for success. So I think as athletes are in training or they're obviously exercising every day, it is a constant thing. It's an everyday thing. And I know In swimming, I'll talk about that first, and then we can talk about how it feels in cycling. But in swimming, we have something called feel for the water, which is something that occurs after you've been in the water for a while. And if you miss one day, you kind of lose that feel a little bit. You just, you know, you don't have to swim hard every day, but you swim every day. So I would like to have us have this discussion about how important movement is every day and how you you apply it to your life. Yes, I, I of course, as we've discussed, I, everybody knows that exercise is good for you. Uh, but I think we can kind of feel like it's like, oh, we have to eat celery. Okay. <laughs> and um, And first, just let me say that we should never think of exercise that way. Exercise, the the gift of being able to move your body, is something that we should do joyfully and and look forward to. However, um, you know, having said that, I think that I think that there's lots of ways to move our bodies that won't necessarily meet the traditional. Um, criteria for what people might refer to as exercise. But I'll also say this, that I've been exercising, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but I've been exercising regularly for many years. And if I do not exercise in the morning, I do not have a good day. <laughs> Just, And I know that's probably the case for you too, Kelly. Right. And, and 
that's why I think it's important. Let's just jump into some examples of why moving is important. I mean, there are tons of studies. We're going to have more of a conversational discussion and tell some stories about how important exercise is. But the the research, there's just volumes and volumes of Volumes and volumes and volumes of what exercise does for you from mental fitness to blood pressure lowering to just, you know, metabolism, body image, everything. So we know the benefits of of exercise and movement is now being touted as, you know, a form of exercise. But just the more constantly one does movement, the more benefits we get. So um, one of the ways that I think people are tuned in to exercise would be they think they have to have a routine. They think they have to have a a sport. But I'd love for you to share your story, Maria, about, you know, kind of how you went from jelly bean. Jelly bean. I was going to say it. You say it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, we joke that I have on adult onset Athleticism. <laughs> I, I am an, I ad- <laughs> an adult onset uh, athlete. I'm an adult onset exerciser. Growing up, I grew up in a big family, and I was not known as the fit one. And um, so I just took to my role as the little reader and the little mommy's helper, but I didn't, I wasn't fit. I wasn't athletic. My sisters did danced well. They. I had uh, three sisters who were really good at at gymnastics, I, my one sister could do, I think one day she did 26 back handsprings in a row. I mean, she was super, super flexible and athletic. And that was just not who I was. I was this, I was the quiet child who didn't exercise. <laughs> and not that I didn't want to. I just, I, I think I was a little bit of a late developer and I didn't, I just wasn't very coordinated. And so I didn't, I didn't gravitate in that direction. And um, we grew up in, in, uh, in our public schools, I think all over the country, there was a presidential physical fitness tests. And so the the PE teachers, the physical education teachers, their job was to prepare us for the presidential physical fitness test, which was just every year was a nightmare for me because I couldn't do any of it. I loved that test. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the patches. Uh, yeah. So I, I never got a patch. I, I never, I, never I, I would just try to slide under you know, not be noticed, you know, I just, because I couldn't do it. In fact, I remember there was one um, aspect called the 50 yard dash or one thing. So it was basically, you would run as fast as you could 50 yards and they always did two people at a time. And so they, you know, they, they could match me up with anybody. I was going to be slower than them. And it wasn't that I was, you know, particularly chubby or anything. I just, I can remember they say go and I would feel like I was moving in slow motion. Everybody else was, and I was like, somebody had turned me on, you know, on slow motion. But wait, there was also a 500. Yeah. And then there was that. That's right. And and I, I just didn't have the cardio fitness for that. So I, I was terrible at it. And in fact, I think this was in sixth grade because I, this is one of the most sort of painful memories of, of elementary school that I have, and that is my PE teacher called me out in the in front of the whole class, and she said, Maria, you are a jelly bean. Essentially, you will never amount to mm. anything athletic. You are, you're a jelly bean. And I just remember wishing that the floor would open and swallow oh. me up. It was, it was humiliating. And so 
um, I lived out Ms. Witt's <laughs> description of me. After that, I became even less. I moved less. I was less of an athlete. I, um, and then, um, actually, I met my sister-in-law, Kelly <laughs> Palace. Um, that was part of it. I, I married into a family that was enjoyed sports and athletics, and I was encouraged by Kelly, particularly, um, to to run. And I, you know, toyed with jogging, but but really, you know, started running um, when I met Kelly, and she encouraged me. She got me to enter my first five k, which I think I may have peed on myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, why did you pee on yourself? Uh, because I, I, you were so I went out too or... fast. I was nervous. <laughs> I was, you know, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, the gift I think of of marrying into Kelly's family and my husband as well, um, and his parents. Everybody, you know, they were active and they, and and uh, exercise became part of my life. A regular part of my life, and in fact, I had four. And that was after your four kids, right? Well, that was actually it was it was while I was having children, and I tell I sometimes tell people that the only time I got to myself was when I was out running, and so that was you know I I said I was running away from my kids, (laughs) (laughs) but of course that's not really true. I I adored my kids, but it was a great time, and it was completely different from from being mother. So Ms. Witt's predictions about me being a jelly bean and not ever amounting to anything athletically. You know we're we're wrong, and uh, oh, and I've seen this again in other people over and over again. I mean, you think of yourself a certain way, and if you think of yourself as a non-athlete, then it's really hard to overcome that. And um, you just need somebody like Kelly Parker Palace in your life to say you can do this. And I hope I've been that to to other people since then. I think I think I have. But one of the things that I just want to say this before we kind of get into the idea of movement. People think they don't have time for exercise. Some people think they don't have time for exercise. And I want to say that exercise, maybe you exercise for 30 or 45 minutes, or maybe you even exercise for an hour. If you if you exercise, you get that hour back in productivity and feeling good. That is not an, it's not an extra hour. It's, 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 it's some kind of a weird time machine thing where you, you give an hour to exercise and you actually get back an hour and a half of, in productivity. So do not use the excuse that you don't have the time time for exercise. I love it. And I love the story too. And just the image of you being a young mother with young little kids. And if this little bit of your story helps some young mother out there who thinks they don't have time to run, besides being, you know, giving more energy and more productivity, you feel better about yourself. So then when your self-esteem That's is better, right. you're just better all around. But I love the little book talk about when you would put lace up your shoes that the kids would start crying mommy's leaving don't run mommy don't, don't run, run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they used to so i got i got serious about running as i said that was the time that was the one thing that i was really doing for myself and i would get up very very early in the morning so that i could be done before there was too much happening at home before my husband left for work but um we found this little book that that the title of it was my mommy is a runner yeah. And I remember picking up the book thinking, yes, 
I am a runner. When did that happen? I went from jelly bean to runner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I would I would read it to the kids, and they had this this picture of this woman who would go out running in the rain, and the you know because yeah. I ran no matter what, and um and I and I read it to the kids because I wanted them to know that this was you know I wasn't the only one out there doing this, and and this was this was a, a good thing for a mommy to do. Yeah, and you ran right past me right into being a Boston Marathon qualifier, which I never did. So you really went from jelly bean to this amazing runner and then obviously even more amazing in cycling. So that's just such a great story. And it it really, I guess for you, it might have just even started out as movement. So movement exercise, we're, we're not going to differentiate too much on that. But it definitely... Um, Moving is something and just being fit enough to have everyday life feel good. That's right. And, you know, like fluent. we said. Feel fluent. Like you talked about what, feel of the water. It's the affluency of movement. Like if you have to run from your car to the grocery store in a rainstorm, you can do it because yeah. you, your body knows what right. to do. Right. In fact, there is a new study I just heard about on or maybe read about it in in a news feed but it it said that if elderly people had stayed with a quick movement of just running 50 meters three times a week that they were more able to be independent as they got older so they could yeah. still move up and down jump around you know that that was and it took very little but it was a movement of 50 meters three times a week at a at a faster Pretty rate fast than pace. running, not yeah. not. So I remember hearing that study and just thinking that's that's amazing. But so Mark and I have this thing where you know as we've aged, we've had you know plantar fasciitis and knees, and we go in and out of running. And we actually met in a 10k road race. So <laughs> that's 15 right. years ago, we were both runners and we were out running and ran into each other running the same pace and met in the race and fell in love and had a, our first date after that race was um, a running date. Nice. So, um, but but having, Mark and I just said, okay, we're never going to be, you know, the sub 40 minute 10K runners that we were when we met, but we want to be able to run from a tiger, you know, like <laughs> if there was something that we had to run from. And so my story that we said we were going to trade um, oh, this is, is a story. yeah, it's, um, I was working for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals in New York City, so I was stationed at their headquarters. I had an apartment in, you know, Midtown Manhattan, and of course I was walking to work on. Well, my birthday is September twelfth, so on September eleventh, it was the most beautiful, clear, sunny day in New York City, and I was just, you know, I had an extra spring in my step, thinking that tomorrow is my birthday and the weather's beautiful, and so I'm get to the office and I'm wearing, you know, heels and hose and a business suit. And I get down to, um, I get up to my office on the 36th floor and I'm sitting behind my desk and um, somebody comes into my office and says, have I said this is September 11th? Because my birthday is September 12th. I want to make sure that I've said that. It was on September 11th. This was September 11th that I'm I'm talking about. So um, I, sitting at my desk, someone comes in and says, a plane just hit the the tw- one of the towers. And so, like everybody, I'm thinking Piper Cub, you know, just like little plane. But from the 36th floor of Midtown Manhattan, we had a perfectly clear view of the Twin Towers. Of And um, so as I go in there and we're looking out this back big picture window, 
like everyone else, just as we're looking at the first plane, which is hit, and I realize this is not a Piper Cub, this is a gaping hole, um, the second plane hits. And none of the pictures that I saw on TV matched the horror and the color and the flames and the things that I saw from that clear, direct view from that window were just, um, they were just unforgettable. And, and, and nothing even on TV could match that. And then, of course, just horrifically, I saw things that were falling off the building that I later learned were our fellow, you know, humans. So it was a just a horrible thing to go through. And, of course, at that moment, um, one of the parts of my stories is I had a, a really um, strong boss, a leader in that particular section that I was in within Pfizer. And I think when we when we all realized that this were this was two planes that had hit the towers, that he went around the corner and actually got sick because we realized the gravity of what was going on. And one of the places of that was never covered in this story that the news never covered is when you were in a tall tower in New York City, we were all thinking, is there going to be a plane that hits this building? Because you're just you're you're somehow your mind is thinking Pearl Harbor, you know, like our yeah. plane's just going to start hitting buildings. So yeah. at that moment, our emergency system went off, sirens are going off in the building, and we're told to evacuate, immediate evacuation. But we can't take the elevators, so we're on the 36th floor. So here wow. comes in part the first part of being fit, you know, of being able to run down 36 flights of stairs. So Were you I, wearing your heels I still? kicked off my heels, and I'm now barefoot in my hose, and I grab my briefcase and just, um, you know, run down the stairs. And my apartment was very close. I was lucky. I lived only a mile from where I was working in Pfizer. Ran back to my apartment, and I just decide I've got to get off this island. I'm just panicked. You know, that's one of my things that I have trouble with is anxiety and panic. Well, I was in full panic mode. And I um, go back and I throw on a pair of jeans and a pair of tennis shoes and throw a couple of water bottles in my backpack and a couple of power bars and my laptop and tell my roommate, you know, she's there too. And I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a train and I'm going to go down to Virginia, which is where my parents were. And um, so I pack my backpack and I head out and I walk all the way down to Penn Station and then there's a cop there that says, you know, all the trains are closed, nobody's can nobody's, you know, there's nothing leaving the the island and so wow. I said, "Oh, I got to I got to get off the island. How can I go it and how can I get off here?" He said, "Well, you'll have to go way up past, you know, 94th Street and go over the Triborough Bridge." And um, I might be saying the wrong. It might be 90th or 90th, but you know, it was just one of the high 90s, and now I'm down at Penn Station, which is below the 30s. And um, so I hike all the way through, you know, Central Park and all the way up till I get up to the bridge. And I've decided to take the only bridge that they're letting people off the island because they've shut down all the other bridges for security. And Triborough I, Bridge was the only one you could yeah, cross. Yeah, that was the only one that I could get across. And there were quite a few people that were walking across the bridge to get off the island. And so... I don't know where I'm going at this point, but I'm just getting off the island. So I decide I'm going to go to the airport. I'm going to go to LaGuardia Airport, and I'm going to, because I'd flown out of there many times, and I'm going to get a rental car. So about, you know, this is, it was, a, I calculated it to be about an eight-mile walk run, and I was walk running on my way, you know, through there. And I finally did get to the 
rental car counter and at LaGuardia. At LaGuardia, finally got like, there. Like on big busy roads, or yeah, how'd you do I was it? On the sidewalk. I was on the sidewalk, and I you think, knew exactly how to get there. I knew exactly how to get there. Oh my gosh, I'd been there a million times because of my job. I flew out a lot to go into the field, and um, but I do think because. It, a lot of this is a blur, but I think for the last mile, I got a ride. Like, I just, you know, was just done. And I, some, a couple of ladies picked me up and dropped me off at the airport. Okay. So, um, but for the most part, it was, I, I calculated it to be about an eight mile distance that I, I hiked. And I finally got a rental car. I got the last one out. And then a lot of people were like, where are you going with that car? So I had a couple of people riding south with me. And it took, a, I, I did get the last car. Um, and I ended up having to go way around the city. And a, a drive that normally could have taken about, I guess, about 12 hours ended up taking about 16 hours. And I made it to my parents' living room and got in. I think it was about 2 in the morning. And... My mom handed me a bowl of cereal and she said, happy birthday, honey. Oh, you know, so I'd, I'd forgotten that it was my birthday and I'd forgotten to eat all day. And it, but but my story that, you know, that story I had written up for our little local running newsletter that I was just so happy that I could make it, that I was physically able to get off the island because a lot of people couldn't. And then they talked about. You know, later people, it, it, it never really materialized, but they were talking about fierce. The, the debris, the fear of, you know, bad air that the, you know, the towers had fallen and what bad air would be there. And, you know, whether there were, you know, there was going to be fresh water or enough food or was there going to be looting? You know, it was just I'm sure there were people that wanted to leave that just couldn't. You know, they just didn't have that. So I, I you know, I'm not sure that we all need to be fit enough to run eight miles from a disaster but i or was from just, a tiger yeah from a tiger i was just really happy that i had that ability to get out of there and it wasn't it wasn't i you know i hadn't been doing a whole lot of running training but i was just fit enough to take care of myself and i think that's what we, we that's, really that's need. it fit enough to take care of yourself yeah just being fit enough to take care of yourself or you know pick up something or you know help somebody out of a hole or whatever you need to do to to not injure yourself right even though i did pull my hamstring on that particular <laughs> run but it wasn't a long so well we've been given these beautiful bodies and uh and to and to be able to use them like that to to help others or to to get yourself out of out of a jam i mean we are supposed to be able to run yeah we're supposed yeah. to be able to run we're supposed to be able to move and um, and it is a gift. Many people cannot. It is a gift to be able to move our bodies. That's I love that story because it, it, you know, it was such a terrible time. And to know, you know, we were worried about you and to know that you were safe, you know, finally was really good because, you know, at that time, nobody knew what was happening to anybody. Right. And nobody had cell phones. It wasn't right. like I had a bunch right. of, you know, cell phones to call people or I didn't have one then. But yeah. So, um, do you have any other thoughts or stories related to your... Well, I run a bicycle company. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and our bicycle company is, is a special in that it's recumbent. So, it attracts people who may not be able to ride a traditional bike or who 
you know, who want to get fit, but they're just, they don't want to, you know, join the spandex crowd. So, um, I have, yeah, cruise bike. That's the name of our company. Um, so I have seen and heard so many stories of people riding to work on our bike every day and losing weight or, or relieving, relieving their back pain. We had a friend, uh, who lived very close by to our house and we actually lent him one of our very early models of cruise bike and he'd been pretty much completely disabled by back pain and he was able to ride the bike and it changed his life he lost you know 30 or 40 pounds and all of a sudden he could do things with his kids he wanted to do boy scouts with his son and he could do that that where you know he couldn't and he wasn't out there you know really riding hard he was just moving again and so um and 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 i and there are many other stories i've been inspired by so many people who you know they're afraid you know i don't know how many stories i've read of people saying like i could not walk to the mailbox and and then you know i set a little goal for myself and you know then i could walk around the block and um you know i've seen that in my own family that you know um my siblings you know going from you know, not very fit to setting a goal and becoming fit by just moving, Mm -hmm. by just moving. I mean, I think like, you know, we said exercise has gotten to be kind of a bad word and people feel like, oh, I remember somebody saying to me, well, I'm not like you. I don't like to exercise. And I thought, you know, I don't really like to exercise. However, I like how I feel after I exercise. But, you know, so there's that. But then you know, another sort of aspect that Kelly has talked to me about lately that's really, really inspired me is movement as a form of relaxation. So this is different than, you know, getting fit or doing your morning cardio or lifting weights. This is, you know, we live in a very sedentary society and we live in front of screens all day long in our phone, our our computer. And you can easily be sitting staring at a screen for, you know, three hours and not move. And that is just terrible for you. And so what Kelly has encouraged me to do as part of sort of a relaxation thing is every every so often get up and move. And there's and not just get up and move, but get outside. <laughs> and I think that's really that's you know, that's something that we have talked about a little bit, but Movement is important, but if you can move outside, yes, yes, then you're that's that's a completely, um, you know, that is so so healthy for you um, to be outside, to be in the sun, and to be in nature if you can. Um, so, I, I think if if you're discouraged at the idea of you know of exercise, or you think of exercise as a discipline, you know, think of movement differently. Yes, yes. And and the other thing is it's never too late. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you're an adult onset yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love this little joke that I used to have with my dad. And, my you know, my dad is 89. We've yes, talked about it. Yes. Mom passed away last year. But after we sold the big house, we moved him into assisted living. So I would always try to get my parents to exercise. And their generation just, they weren't big exercisers. Yeah, I remember your mom said, I don't like to sweat. It's not ladylike yes. to sweat. Yeah. Now, my dad was actually ahead of his time as a, 
exerciser when he was a younger man and we right. were younger. But then he got injured and he got cancer. You know, he got cancer and he got his plate full and he just he just stopped exercising. He exercised in his 40s and 50s and then in, in his 60s he didn't. So I tried to motivate him. So when I was getting my master's degree and studying exercise science, I came across this great clinical article that said that they had proved and done studies that people in their 80s could still build muscle, could build flexibility, and even increase their VO2 max. So I brought this article home to dad. Which is your uh, maximal ability to take up oxygen. Yes, to to oxygen uptake. So they could improve these three important parameters of physical fitness. And I brought this article to Dad, and he's in his 60s. And I said, Dad, you know, you're, you can, you can do this. You can still become fit. It's not too late because he would say, Oh, it's too late for me when he's in his 60s. So instead of saying, It's too late for me, or Okay, great, I'm going to get started. He looked at the article and he said, <laughs> Well, great, then I have 20 years and I could start working out <laughs> in my 80s. So he just thought that was so funny, but it's really funny how things come to pass. So he did not exercise for the next 20 years. And then for the last five years, he's been really had been full-time caring for my mother with Alzheimer's. But also very frail. And very frail with his own infirmities and just... Using a walker. Using a walker, not getting out of his Barca lounger and and having um, vertigo issues. Just, Just really very frail and had fallen several times, did not have a lot of leg strength or, or arm strength. So what actually precipitated um, my mother's or increased my mother's um, need to put her into a, a facility for her Alzheimer's was dad fell and broke his arm. Yes. So when he broke his arm, then he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. But once he came out of the hospital, he went into physical therapy in his 80s. So he's 88, he's doing physical therapy, and he continues physical therapy for five days a week. And then he started feeling so good by exercising that he started taking his physical therapy and it became physical training. So he quit the physical therapy and he started doing his, not just his arm to rehab, but his legs. And so today at 89, he does a workout for one hour with a physical therapist or a trainer. She's not, I'm sorry, she's not a physical therapist. She's, she's actually a personal trainer. A personal trainer, five days a week. And he had a small fall and did not hurt himself recently. Amazing. Like he's 89 years old and he actually fell. He went in, they tested his legs and they said, we cannot believe that you can do leg lifts and that you can resist our pressure on your arms and your legs. And he says, yes, I've been working out. So he's actually improved all of those parameters. I haven't tested his VO2 max, but his flexibility and his strength have totally improved as an 89-year-old. He's in better shape today than he was 10 years ago. So, And he's also sharp. And that's one of the other things that that the, the, the latest studies on, on exercise in older people and exercise for everyone, but particularly I think they've been studying older people, is that it helps your brain. And your yes. dad is sharp as he can be. He's writing stories. He's, you know, he he's, does poetry, memorizes yeah, poetry. Yeah, he's, and, and uh, I'm sure... He's been, he's a smart man and he's always been a smart man. But there was a time three years ago when he was really getting, you know, sinking down and nobody thought he was going to outlive your mom. Right. Right. And, um, and now he's, I mean, he looks better. He, 
he's more vigorous than he has been in 10 years. Absolutely. I think. And, it's, and that's because he exercises every day with a personal trainer. Right, right. And it, and, it, and again, it doesn't have to be that, and you don't have to be 89 years old if you just, you know, you're taking care of your kids or you're, you're stuck at a desk all day. Just the littlest thing, stretching, you know, moving. And, and if you can't get outside, certainly. I even saw one where if you just, I've been doing this lately, and I did it, well, we drove up here to be, you know, to be with you guys, and we had a, an eight-hour drive that turned into a 12-hour drive. Ugh. So. When I'm stuck on the highway, this is a great story for movement. <laughs> stuck on the highway, we're totally stopped. I'm on 95, and I decide I, I saw a thing about about movement, and it was simply touch your toes ten times. So I put the car in park. I Hopped stepped out. out of my car, and I reached to the sky, touch my hips, touch the ground, touch my hips, reach to the sky. I did it ten times, and people must have just looked at me like. I was out of my mind, but it felt so good to just get out. And literally, if you can't do anything else, set your alarm for, you know, every 50 minutes at your desk and do 10, reach to the sky and then touch the ground. And if you can't touch the ground, touch your knees. But that movement is really, our bodies are meant to move. And if you, we want to become champions of our own lives, we have to be champions of our own bodies. And that's what... That's what our bodies are meant to do. So it, it will pay off dividends. Well, yeah, it, it's not just the physical stuff, which, I mean, of course, it's wonderful to be fit and to get fitter. But what people don't understand is it incredibly improves your mood. Your, you know, it makes your it makes your brain fire better. It's um, Jim and I were just talking about this this morning because we 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 need to work more on on strength. Um, and we we found this little program for people in their fifties. <laughs> they're more. I have great cardiovascular fitness um, and certain kinds of strength. I'm great, but other other areas not so much. And so, um, you know, he said, you know, and and I agree with this that you know if if especially if you're working at, at your desk or you're doing something that's very sedentary, getting up every few minutes and doing something, for instance, like a plank which is where you just hold your body straight or push-ups or like you said just touching your toes you know just he when he was um in school he said that you know they'd be studying and every you know 45 minutes everybody would get down and do push-ups and mm. it would be just i mean it was hard and right. they would it would just be a complete change so yeah again i think i just want to emphasize that it is a privilege to be able to move your body yes and to you know to be able to do what you can do and you you know, you use it or you lose it. And you can get it back, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. You can totally get it back. So um, as we're now doing for all of our shows, Maria, we are going to give one action item to okay. emphasize the, to give people motivation sure. to move. So sure. what is yours for people? Well, it's something that we've already talked about. And Kelly actually inspired me to do this when we were talking about rest and relaxation. Um, my action item for you would be for you listeners would be if you are doing something that's sedentary or even if you're not doing something, maybe you're a mother and you're, you actually do move around quite a bit, set your timer for 45 minutes and every 45 minutes do something physical. And if it's, if you're already kind of moving around with your kids or whatever, if you're, um, then do something different, you know, get on the kids on the floor and, and, you know, do exercises. But for me, the, the action item that I have been trying to do is every 45 minutes, 
because I spend a lot of time in front of my computer, every 45 minutes, stop, go outside, walk around, pull some weeds, do something physical. And so that would be my challenge for you as a listener. I like it. I like it. And one of the things, yeah, I meant to say at the top of the show, and I don't know where this saying came from, but it's sitting is the new smoking. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've heard that. I, I, you know, we, we just have to move. And we all are spending a lot of screen time because that's where things are getting done. Your, your writing is getting done there. Your social media, your marketing. Your, your entertainment. Your everything. So um, one of the best things that I have found to keep moving, and you don't have to, I think it's $200. And if you don't have $200 to spend, then you can do like my frugal husband, but um, uh, is an air desk. An air desk is a simple platform that will slide under a recumbent bike. Uh, like what I did was I got a, went to Salvation Army. I got a $50 recumbent bike that doesn't even, it's a stationary bike, doesn't even have any gears. Like you can't <laughs> even plug it in anymore, but it pedals. Right. And the stand goes under the bike and then you set your laptop on a little plastic desk. You can also put it on top of a treadmill, but um, Mark will just put his computer on a bar top. So where your kitchen might have a bar height or on a desk, if it's lower, you can stack up some, you know, books and put your computer on that because working at your computer standing is even better than working at your computer sitting. Hmm. So certainly, you know, when I'm writing something that I might be writing for an hour, I'm just pedaling while I'm writing and Hey, that's free. And if you're, you can. You're just going easy. I'm just going easy, but my are legs breaking are moving. Out, breaking into a sweat oh, at all? Heck no, 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 no. And we're just I'm, talking literally of, of gentle movement. I'm just talking gentle movement. And when I when I have that over a treadmill, which I also have another um, setup with an air desk over a treadmill, I'm walking very slowly. And, you know, just, I don't even know, it's probably on a one. Are <laughs> you, you able to concentrate on your work while yeah, you're doing once, that? Yeah, once I get. Um, I make sure I have the safety clamp on so that I did, you know, you know, fall off or something. But yeah, so my, my tip would be get an air desk or try some standing computing. So those would be, Oh yeah, that's good. Those are my two things. That's good. So yeah. So move, move. That's, it's easy. It's, it's like, you know, we talked about one simple, what's the one little thing you can do in the, yeah. The little thing is move for me, just setting an alarm and making sure I'm getting out of my desk every 45 minutes. But I think I might look at the air desk. Yeah. If you don't have a, it's only good for a laptop, not a desktop computer, but laptops, everybody's pretty much on those anyway. So anything else, Maria, before we wrap that up? No, I just, I, my, my last word would just be if you're not fit now or if you exercise uh, not as much as you wish you did or whatever, I would just encourage you to be gentle with yourself yes. <laughs> and um, and and remember that movement is a gift and something that we should be grateful for and just go ahead and 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 do it and not I don't we don't want you to use this program as a as an opportunity to say I should 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 just this is something I mean it's a it's a privilege to move and we should and we should there I've done it <laughs> and you have an opportunity to to move your body take it right and that it it will come back in spades that it's that's it's, right that, that you, it's a plus you do have time right you do it, yeah that that it actually makes more time and makes more space so. it does and and it gets your neurons firing that's the, you know I think people underestimate the value of how it helps your your brain function 
Awesome. So we hope we've given you some motivation for movement today. And that is going to be a wrap. So hope you can catch us next week. Right. Can't wait. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This week's quote of the week is from James Levine, a professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic. Sitting is more dangerous than smoking, kills more people than HIV, and is more treacherous than parachuting. We are sitting ourselves to death. The chair is out to kill us. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today, and we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Please see below for our copy of the show notes for any links or important information referenced here. Signing off for myself and champion co-host Kelly Palace, we hope you'll join us again soon, and we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more.